Do you like quotes? Quotable quotes? Here's a quote for you. Let's see if you know it. Ask not what your country can do for you. What? As, yeah, good job. I was, I was a little bit nervous with first service. I, are they going to respond back? But here, that was great. That was wonderful. Who said it, by the way? Who said it? Okay, good job. Good job. JFK. Um, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> what did you say? Okay, Monty says, I don't know what he said, but anyway, that's all right. Uh, who said it? FDR. Good job. Okay. Never leave, this is a little bit harder one, never leave that till tomorrow, which you can do, no, that was easy for you guys, right? Who said it? Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Franklin. Okay, one more. God won't give you more than you can handle. Where'd it come from? Oh, interesting. Isn't it interesting about quotes? Quotes get in our head, they get in our minds. We, we don't even really have to memorize them. You notice that? I mean, I don't remember sitting in school memorizing those quotes. They just kind of get in our heads and kind of sit there and kind of roll around and, and they're there and, and, and they're available to us. Maybe when we are in a, you know, playing a game of Trivial Pursuit, you can kind of throw it out, toss it out, or someone's hurting, having a difficult time, and you can just lean over to them and say, hey, you have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear but fear yourself, or whatever, you know, whatever you might want to say. God won't give you more than you can handle. And as, as we're sitting there, we just have the ability just to say these quotes that just, they just kind of part of our lives, and they just get in inside of us, and they become so real and so much a reality for us. They're kind of like a warm blanket at night. You know, you're laying in bed, and it's maybe like last night during the storm, and you just kind of have, you can kind of cozy up next to that warm quote, quote and make you feel good inside, make you feel warm inside, because you know that, hey, we got nothing to fear but fear itself, or, or God won't give me more than I can handle, and it kind of makes us feel good. But here's the thing. Sometimes quotes aren't right. They're lies. It's like Abraham Lincoln once said, don't trust every quote you read or hear on the internet. <laughs> Brandon Aaron earlier said, oh, I know where that quote came from. It was from the famous Lincoln Logs. So yeah, but, but seriously, uh, you can't trust every quote you hear. Sometimes the quotes, the things that are so interconnected with our being and so connected with who we are, we can't trust them. Sometimes they're lies. One of those quotes today that I hear is this quote that I just quoted you. God won't give me more than I can handle. God won't give you more than you can handle. That quote, although it seems right, and it seems like it's from Scripture, and it seems like it's something that, man, is just part of our DNA and who we are, that quote is not truth. It may keep us warm at night. It may encourage us. But I got to tell you, I believe that it is a lie of the devil. In fact, I would argue maybe this is Satan's most quotable lie. The lie of Satan that is so quotable that we could just say it any time. And it just sounds right. But it's not. We're doing a series called Lies from the Angel of Light. This idea that Satan is this angel of light has given us these messages that we can hold on to. And they sound, sometimes they sound true, sometimes they sound false. But at the end of the day, we hold on to them for whatever reason. And today I want to address what I believe to be Satan's most quotable lie. God won't give me 
more than I can handle. Now, how did we get here? How did this quote become so popular among Christians and among believers that it's something that we just hold on to? Well, I believe it starts with a misquoting of Scripture. So I want to show you the passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And I want to contrast it to the lie. So here's the lie. God won't give you more than you can handle. Here's the verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So you can see as you hear that verse, it would be easy maybe to summarize that verse and to throw out this kind of one-liner. Just take the verse and kind of summarize it, throw out this one-liner. God won't give you more than you can handle. But here's the reality. It's very opposite, actually, what that verse says. The first way it's opposite is this, in regards to circumstances. If you look at the verse, in the context of the verse, it has to do with temptation. I want you to see this. No temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide an escape that you may be able to endure it. So, in the verse, the context is temptation, where the quote is about life in general. In general in life, when it comes to life, God won't give you more than you can handle. The verse says, when it comes to temptation, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you can bear. Next. I want to contrast how the verse views you versus how the quote views you. Notice this. In the quote, you are strong. God won't give you more than you can handle. In other words, you're capable of handling it. You have a bad day, you're capable of handling it. You have a rough time, you can handle it. The verse does the reverse. It says you need help. You need help. No temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. God's faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may, not, that you may be able to endure it. In the, in the verse, is saying, you need help. The quote says, you got this. You got this. And finally, how it views God. Let's look at the contrast. In the lie... God won't give you more than you can handle. God's the problem. God's giving you a lot. He's putting a lot on you, but you can handle it. In the verse, God is the solution. No temptation has overcome you. That's not common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So in the verse, God is there to help me. He's not the problem, he's the solution to the problem. So if I were to take these two, these two phrases and summarize them, I think here's what they're saying. The lie is saying this, no matter what difficult thing God hits you with, you can handle it. No matter what difficult thing God hits you with, you can handle it. But here's the verse. You always have a choice whether to sin or not. 
When you think you must sin, remember that God, God gives you reasons not to sin. For example, that escape that's mentioned, we spent some time on the preaching t- team talking about it. What is that escape talking about? And we really kind of boiled it down to our recollection of Scripture, the messages of God, the fact that God gives us reasons not to sin. And so here we are, we say God is the answer to the problem. God can help you in your moment of weakness. Where the verse, where, excuse me, the lie is actually saying no matter how difficult things are that God hits you with, you can endure up underneath it. So this lie assumes a couple of things. Number one, it assumes this. God is out there giving us bad things. It assumes God is out there just tossing bad things at us. And number two, it assumes this, that no matter what happens, we can handle whatever God throws our way. Whatever God throws at you, you can endure up underneath it. You have the power to sustain yourself through whatever God tosses your way. I don't know about you, but some of us sometimes live with this philosophy of life. We live with this mentality. And I can only imagine that it creates all kinds of pain within us as we try to manage a system like this. It's kind of like this. I get hit with this huge electric bill. Have you ever been hit with a huge electric bill? It just kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe especially if there was a time in your life where you really didn't have the money. You just get hit with this huge electric bill and all of a sudden finances are really, really difficult. But I can handle it. No matter what God tosses my way, I can handle it. And so I think about myself and I think on a scale from one to 10, I can handle up to a 10. And this electric bill, well, this is a five. I've got this. So I take that burden on my shoulder, and now I'm walking with this financial burden of this huge electric bill. It's only a five. I can handle a 10. We're good. But here's the problem with life. It doesn't stop there, does it? I mean, haven't you ever heard this? When it rains, it pours. So all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, my car breaks down. Tell me if you've heard this story before. I don't have the money and my car breaks down. So now I have my vehicle and my financial issues. The electric bill and the fact that the car is broken down. Well, it's okay because my car breaking down is only a four. I can handle it. I can handle it. I'm up to nine now. I'm good. No problem. So I can carry this heavy burden with me. Four plus five equals nine. I can handle it. I'm a 10. And I keep walking. Now I'm walking to work because I don't have a vehicle. You know what happens when you walk to work? You get fired. That's exactly right. You get fired. People don't want to hire someone who's walking to work every day and showing up late. And in the process of that, now work is on top of me. And then my friends are frustrated with me because I'm having to borrow their vehicles. And the stress adds up. And in my mind, I think, well, obviously, those two put together are just a one because I can handle a 10, right? So four plus five plus one is 10. I'm good. Everything's fine. But guys, you know how this works. We know how this works. That's whenever out of the clear blue, we get hit with something that just completely rocks our world. That's when we get hit with cancer. That's when we get thrown for a loop. 
That's when my kid breaks his arm. That's when my parents get sick. That's when everything in my world starts to crumble. When I think I have it covered, I can handle all of this, and it just keeps hitting. And because I have this philosophy that God won't give me more than I can handle, I begin to ask some serious questions. What's happening to me? Am I broken? Is my faith broken? Or maybe God is broken. Because if God is giving me so much, then maybe I can't trust his words. Maybe I can't trust him because it's simply too much. I want you to know this. Sometimes life hits us with more than we can handle. Have you seen it? Sometimes life hits us with more than we can handle. Let's think about the story of Job for just a moment. Can you imagine if Job had this American philosophy, God won't give me more than I can handle? He gets hit with the, with the you know, his, his property is damaged, is destroyed. Well, that's a four, you know? He loses his servants. He loses his, his possessions. He starts adding it up. Well, God won't give me more than I can handle. What happens when he loses his children? What does he rank that as? All of them in one day. What happens when he loses his relationship and the respect of his wife? What happens when he loses his friendships? What happens when he loses his faith? It's a tragedy that Job in the moment doesn't know that he's actually being attacked by Satan. It's actually Satan who is after him at that very moment. But the philosophy of life, God won't give me more than I can handle. Where does it leave him in his faith? Sometimes we have this philosophy, I'm able to withstand. I'm able to withstand the pain. I can take care of it. I can fly above the problems of this world. I can endure underneath the, the burdens of life. But I want you to know, God doesn't promise to suspend life's realities for the faithful. Isn't that what Monty talked about last time? God doesn't promise to suspend life's realities for the faithful. So what is it then? What does God want us to know? What's his answer to this problem, to this puzzle? If this philosophy is wrong, what's right? What is reality? I'm going to use a phrase. And I believe this phrase is going to help us kind of get our head around a truth about the universe. Here's the phrase I want to use. Gravity is real, bodies are frail, and life can be painful. Gravity is real, bodies are frail, and life can be painful. I want you to know that gravity is real. It's real. As a Christian, know this, gravity is real. It would be easy to believe as Christians that because we're faithful and we follow God and we love the Lord, that the laws of science don't apply to us. But they do. Gravity is real. Storms are powerful. Concrete is hard. The realities of science and life apply to Christians as well as non-Christians. Believers and unbelievers. Gravity is real. 
But to add to that, this, bodies are frail. Bodies can be so frail. The other day I was standing out in front of the well with one of the kids and uh, we have some, some big flower pots that we got. So they're boxes actually, big flower boxes. And I was standing there with one of the well kids and, and I guess the rain had come in and kind of expanded the box and it's starting to fall apart. And I looked at the kid, the, the well student, and I said, the box is falling apart. I'm so frustrated, the box is falling apart. You know what he said to me? Chris, everything in this life falls apart. What a good reminder. Life falls apart. It's called thermodynamics. Bodies are frail. We weren't designed to be here forever. God knew that there was a greater picture for us. Bodies are frail, but life Life can be fa- uh, painful. All life will come to an end. Things were made to fall apart. And when it does, life hurts. Life hurts. But here's what I want you to know. God promises he can handle it. God promises he can handle it. Over and over and over throughout Scripture, he promises he can handle it. When life hits us hard, he can handle it. I think about the story of Ruth and Naomi. You guys remember the story of Ruth and Naomi. Both of these women, Naomi, the mother-in-law, Ruth, the daughter-in-law, they lose their husbands. I think, what would they have wanted God to do to fix the problem? How could God have fixed it? Well, he could reverse time and stop death, and they could have their husbands back. But here's the thing, they would lose them again. That would be God fixing the problem. But God doesn't fix the problem. God handles it. He handles it. How does he handle it? He provides Ruth for Naomi. They develop this kindred bond between each other. And in the process, Ruth finds love again. And Naomi gets a grandchild. God takes care of it. God takes care of it. Have you been in crisis? Did you want God to reverse science and change science so he could fix it? Did you trust him? Could he handle it? Could he handle it in regards to maybe the church being there and being there for you during that crisis? Maybe you got an encouraging word that meant a lot to you or you, you were fed. You know, there was a, a meal uh, train that came by your house, took care of you. People prayed for you. People were loving of you. People cared for you. Maybe you saw God in the most insignificant of ways, but in the past you would have never noticed, and now they mean, it means so much to you. God can handle it. I think about other stories in Scripture. I think about the Israelites. Remember the Israelites as they march into battle. There's so many times as they're going in that God reminds them, it's not about you. You can't handle it. In fact, in the story of Gideon, he takes them down for 30,000 people all the way down to just this small number, just a few hundred people. And God says, I'm doing this so that they will know to trust in me and it's not by their own hand. What's God saying? You can't handle it but I can. I can. 
We see it in the story of David as young David goes against Goliath. God takes this weakness and he creates strength out of weakness. How does he do that? God can handle it. We see it in the life of Moses, who is a leader despite his inability. He confesses, I'm not able. We know what he looks like when he tries to lead. He actually murders somebody when he tries to lead. But God takes him and does something with him. Why? Because God can handle it when we can't handle it. Or maybe my favorite scripture, one of my favorite of all times, is Jesus in the feeding of the 5,000. You guys remember the story. There's 5,000 people. They're hungry. They need to be fed. And the apostles come and ask the question, how are these people going to be fed? And do you remember what Jesus said to them? Do you remember? Here's what he said. You feed them. You feed them. What's he saying? I would like to see you try to handle it. And they come back and they say, it would take more. It would take almost a year's worth of wages for us to take care of this. And God's response, Jesus' response, bring me what you have. I can handle it. Over and over and over and over and over throughout Scripture, God reminds us that when we can't handle it, He can. Here's some verses that say that. this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Cast all your anxiety upon Him because He cares for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord is a stronghold in times of trouble. Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart. Here's what he's saying. No matter what life throws at me, God can handle it. No matter what life throws at me, God can handle it because I want you to know this, I can't. Wouldn't it be a wonderful philosophy for us to have? Instead of trying to figure out how much I can handle and how many more things can be piled on before my breaking point, and just assuming that God is in the midst of it all, just tossing things in the middle of this at me, what if instead... I believed what the passage actually taught in 1 Corinthians. Whenever I remember, even in temptation, God can handle it when I'm weak. In moments of crisis, God can handle it when I'm weak. I can trust him no matter what. I once heard a lie. I once heard a lie that was that was sandwiched in between truth. It sounded like truth. It sounded like it was right. And it made sense. It made so much sense that I memorized it. And I even tossed it out whenever I needed to toss it out because it felt like it was comforting. But here's the reality. It was not comforting. It was the reverse of truth. The truth is this, no matter what life throws at me, God can handle it, because I can't. Today, as you look at your life, and I want you to look at your life honestly, I want you to know this truth. There are some things in life we want God to fix. 
We want God to take them in reverse time, and I get it. It makes sense to me. But no matter what life or Satan or whatever source throws at me, I know this, my God is good. He is good. And he can handle whatever hits me. Will you have faith in that today? Will you have faith today that no matter what happens to you, you have a God who is willing and able to carry those burdens? If you need anything from the church, we are here to serve you today. Won't you come now as we stand and as we sing together?